This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. What's up, Ravens fans? Welcome to another episode of the Raven Up podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Tolson, and I'm excited to be bringing to you episode three of the Raven Up podcast. If you're not already, be sure to follow us over at Raven Up Pod on Twitter. I love interacting with you guys pretty active over there on the Twitter account. So Raven Up Pod on Twitter, be sure to follow. And if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that now. Make sure you don't miss an episode. So in this week's episode, we take a look at the Ravens preseason opener versus the Saints. We take a look at who stood out in a good way, who stood out in a bad way, and who's making their case to make the Ravens roster. And then in our next segment, we take a look at the Ravens offense in 2021. We do a deep dive and a preview on each position group and take a look at some key contributors, some new faces, and what we can expect. In our next segment, we take a look at the Ravens and Panthers and their joint practices. We see who's doing what, who's performing, who's making noise. And then in our last segment, we break down what to watch for in the Ravens' second preseason game versus the Panthers. So let's get right into it. All right, so to start things off, let's talk about the Ravens' preseason opener versus the Saints. And like I said, if it's preseason Ravens football, we know they are winning. They've won now 18 games in a row. They haven't lost since 2015. That's just crazy. That's 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 just crazy. I don't even have any other words, but I think it speaks to the Ravens' culture, just their winning culture. I think Lamar Jackson, as a leader, all he talks about is winning and winning a Super Bowl, and I think that rubs off on the entire team. So it's so important for the rookies to come in and just be a part of an organization where all they want to do is win. So I'm excited to see what happens this Saturday night versus the Panthers in our third preseason game. But I think it just speaks to this organization, their mindset and the depth and coaching of their reserves as to how we go about winning 18 preseason games in a row. That's just crazy. But in terms of takeaways, I wanted the first, I took some notes here as I was watching the game and reflected. First, we start off with just one bad thing I wanted to highlight and then a couple positive takeaways from the game. But if you watch the game, you're probably thinking, man, that offensive line, that was pretty bad. I mean, that was that was pretty brutal. Now, to start out, they didn't have a lot of key players. Ronnie Stanley, he wasn't out there. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva played a few series. Uh, Bradley Bozeman got banged up. So not a lot of our starters were out there. Kevin Zeitler was hurt. He didn't play at all. So these aren't guys that were expecting to be starting come regular season. But there were some key contributors out there who would be in key depth spots. Uh, who didn't really perform well. Uh, Tyree Phillips, Ben Powers, Patrick McCarry, those were all guys who were out there. They're all switching positions. Some are playing tackle, some are playing guard, but it was kind of a mess. I mean, those first few series, the Ravens' defense, which we'll get into, they were forcing turnovers, and the offensive line really just it, it killed the Ravens' like first three or four offensive possessions. They were getting no push in their run game, and Trace McSorley was running around for his life back there. I tweeted this out a couple times, but 
thank goodness the Ravens offensive line is getting healthier. Ronnie Stanley has started to practice a little bit more. Kevin Zeitler is back. Bradley Bozeman is back after a minor injury. Uh, but my first takeaway was, man, that offensive line really needs to perform better. So I'm glad we're getting healthier. Hopefully we can see some of these guys show out and practice this week and then maybe some preseason action. But we need the offensive line to play better if the Ravens want any success in the 2021 season. But let's get into some positive takeaways from the game. One of the biggest things for me were the play of second-year players on the defense. So Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, Justin Matabike are all players we talked about in last week's episode and all players that have a really high future so those guys looked really good. Patrick Queen made a great play on a screen, diagnosed it early, sprinted to the running back, made a tackle for like a three-yard loss. He also had a sack on the very next play. So a couple of splash plays for Patrick right away. And then Malik Harrison didn't quite have the splash plays. He did force a fumble, but he had four tackles and just looked really solid. And same with Justin Matabike. Didn't uh, necessarily have any sacks or huge plays, but just looked really dominant out there, beating his man on the interior of the offensive line so those three guys we talked about again last week just uh the importance of a regular offseason another year experience for them and really they looked like varsity playing against jv guys we talked about last week we expected them to dominate against some maybe backups and younger players and that's exactly uh how they played so really love seeing patrick queen malik harrison justin matabike uh play really well in the preseason opener and excited to see what they can do maybe in some action versus the Panthers and then a lot of those guys will probably be shut down in our third preseason game. Something else that stood out to me was how good the rookies looked. Now a few of the rookies obviously Rashad Bateman and Ben Cleveland they weren't out there playing on Saturday night but Someone who was playing was Odafe Owe, who just looked like a beast out there. He had a half sack. It should have been a full sack, but he had some trouble getting Jameis Winston to the ground. But had a half sack, looked really active. He also played Gunner on the punt coverage team. Uh, you don't see many guys his size sprinting down the field, but he was the first guy down the field. Uh, the punt returner uh, threw up a fair catch, so he wasn't able to make a play. And he talked about in his press conference this week how he was a little disappointed. He was ready to lay them out but you don't see many guys that size uh sprinting down the field so that just speaks to really how uh much of an athletic freak he is so he looked really good in his ravens debut Dalen Hayes also looked really good. He had a sack. He showed off his strong motor, and uh, he's really a guy for me where I think he can be a key reserve and give some guys a breather on the defensive line and show what he can do as a rookie. Uh, Brandon Stevens was a guy drafted in the third round. Many considered him to be a raw prospect where might need a lot of time to come in and make an impact at the NFL level, but he looked really comfortable back there in the Ravens defense, played a lot of corner, uh, was blitzing from the slot, Lot, and he actually led the team in snaps and tackles and to me again just looked really comfortable so I'm not sure how much of a role he will have on this Ravens defense uh, before any injuries would take place in their base D 
defense, but he's someone to me just showed off that, hey, he's got a pretty bright future in the next few years and might be a really good pick for the Ravens. Uh, Sean Wade was someone who hasn't had the best camp so far, but he did have a game ceiling interception, so he looked pretty solid out there, and it was just encouraging to see, again, Braden Stevens, Sean Wade make some plays out there in the secondary. The Ravens' defense and their secondary depth has been tested over so many years, so seeing some young guys step up, make plays, uh, has to be encouraging to the Ravens' front office. And then Ben Mason was a guy who played a lot on special teams, and the Ravens are known for having their uh, special teams guys really get a lot of snaps in the preseason games, uh, seeing what they can see what they can do on special teams. Ben Mason is the guy we've talked about. His uh, roster status is uh, up in the air. I'm not sure what his role on this team would be as a fullback tight end, but if he's playing on special teams, uh, that means he potentially does have a role on this team. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, another point, uh, Tyler Huntley. I wanted to make uh, he made some throws out there when he had some time uh, behind the offensive line. He stepped up, made some throws. He also made some plays uh, with his legs. And to me, it looks like the more natural backup to Lamar Jackson in the Ravens offense. So uh, Trace McSorley, unfortunately did get hurt. It did come out this week that he's going to miss some time. So it seems like the backup quarterback job uh, will be handed to Tyler Huntley, but I think it was headed in that direction to begin with. Just if Lamar Jackson was to get hurt, I think Tyler Huntley can easily come in and uh, replace what, not exactly to the extent you can't replace Lamar Jackson, but I think he would do a better job of replacing Lamar than necessarily than Trace McSorley uh, would. So it was nice to see Tyler come in, make some plays. He did lead the Ravens only touchdown drive in the fourth quarter to again secure the win. Uh, which we know the Ravens know a little something about in the preseason. And then just really the defense. They forced six turnovers. I think it was three straight turnovers in the first three possessions from the Panthers. Uh, Three forced fumbles, three interceptions. So they just looked ready to play. They did give up some yards there in the first few drives, but it seemed like every time the Saints got into the red zone, the ball was just being popped out of someone's hands or they were throwing an interception. So I know Wink Martindale loved seeing the defense play like that. He had his turnover chain out. I love seeing his huge chain and some media picked up on that and loved uh, calling that the turnover chain from Wink. So overall, I mean, again, as we said last week, preseason football is preseason football. It's not the most exciting thing to watch, but hey, we love seeing the Ravens win football games. That's what they do. All right, so in our next segment, I wanted to talk about the Ravens offense. I wanted to get into what we can expect from the Ravens offense and really just do a preview on each position group and see what we have, see who's new to the team and what to expect in 2021. So last week's episode, we talked about the defense. This week, we break down the offense. So to start, it's got to be the quarterbacks, right? Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, Trace McSorley. Obviously, Lamar is the heartbeat of this team. I got into it earlier a little bit, but the Ravens are so lucky to have Lamar Jackson as their leader. All the guy wants to do is win, and that just spreads to every player and every person in this organization. So I'm really excited to see what Lamar can do this year. Uh, in our first episode of the Raven Up Pod, I talked a lot about Lamar and just my uh, faith and belief uh, in Lamar Jackson just as a quarterback and as a winner for this Ravens team. So I think last year, Lamar had such a crazy season. 
He was coming off a uh, unanimous MVP, obviously only the second to ever uh, win the MVP unanimously, uh, second behind Tom Brady. And uh, everything went well in 2019. And Lamar, uh, he had some speed bumps in 2020. Uh, obviously, he'd had COVID and uh, there were some offensive line issues. The Ravens never really replaced Marshall Yonda. Ronnie Stanley gets hurt. And then all of a sudden, he's running around uh, for his life. The weapons were fine, but the Ravens never really upgraded them after 2019. So he's throwing to Miles Boykin and Willie Sneed. And it just it wasn't a great year in 2020. But what I am encouraged by is if last year's Lamar Jackson is a down year, then what can we expect moving forward? So for me in 2021, Lamar Jackson is going to be somewhere in between last year and 2019 unanimous MVP Lamar Jackson. So I see Lamar throwing for somewhere around 33, 3,500 passing yards, somewhere around 30 touchdowns. I think his interceptions go down this year. He threw 11 last year, somewhere around like seven to nine this year is kind of where I see Lamar, but I think the weapons around him uh, where we break down his wide receivers and the new additions later, but I think Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, when healthy, will take some coverage away from Hollywood and Mark Andrews and open up some things for just the entire offense. And then also the offensive line uh, will, I think, be stronger if they can stay healthy. So excited to see what Lamar brings this season. I think it is a huge season for him and his career. Uh, he might get extended. He might get that huge contract extension early on before the season starts or he might play into the season without that extension. But regardless, I think this is a huge year for Lamar and will show us uh, what we have with Lamar and if he can really take that next step as a passer uh, in the NFL. And then just on Tyler Humphrey and Trace McSorley, it just came out this week that Trace is going to miss a couple weeks due to a back injury. So all signs are pointing to Tyler Huntley. Uh, taking that backup quarterback job, and I did see it going that way. I think he's the more natural backup to Lamar. Nobody's going to be able to replace Lamar Jackson, but I think Tyler Huntley, if needed, could come in and could show some uh, value with his legs, but he's also got a pretty good arm as well. So I think the Ravens are okay with Tyler Huntley as their backup quarterback, but like any team, they'd have a lot of issues if their starter goes down. So let's hope for a healthy year for Lamar. But let's move into the running backs and uh, returning this season would be J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Uh, Mark Ingram was cut over the offseason in a move where a lot of people um, saw that coming just as he was inactive in a couple games towards the end of last season, and J.K. Dobbins really took over that feature role. So I'm excited to see what J.K. can do this season. Uh, really loved him coming out of Ohio State and thought his fit in the Ravens offense was uh, really perfect with what Lamar Jackson can do to take away uh, or to take the attention of the opposing defense. And Dobbins just uh, hits the hole. He's got great vision. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in that lead role. I do say that with quotations because with the Ravens, we know um, Gus Edwards is, he's not going to be a starter per se. He's not going to put up huge numbers, but Gus is just so consistent in the third and fourth quarters when the Ravens have been oftentimes playing with the lead. Gus wears the opposing defense down and he's been super consistent. So I see J.K., 
being the feature back, maybe somewhere around 14 to 18 to 20 carries a week. I'd see Gus as the number two, but someone who will definitely be getting his carries. Uh, I, I shared Gus and his stats on our first episode, but the guy has had super consistent numbers his first three years in the NFL. He's had over 700 yards each season uh, in the NFL, and I don't expect that to change this year. So I don't see J.K. necessarily toting the rock like 25 times a game like some people are calling for, but I think those two as a one-two punch, obviously with Lamar as well uh, on the ground, are some of the top backs in the NFL. And then just as the number three running back, something to keep an eye on in this pre season and training camp is the battle for that number three spot just as hill kind of had that spot i would say coming into the season just as a fourth round draft pick the ravens have a pretty high uh have high hopes for him but uh tyson williams was the guy who really impressed in the first preseason game uh in the opener we didn't get into what he did uh in our previous segment but he looked really good made some nice plays on the ground and caught a caught a pass had a nice catch and run as well and justice hill was pretty quiet so um, Justice Hill is a guy who he hasn't had a ton of opportunity. He has looked pretty solid when he gets the opportunity, but there's definitely something to keep an eye on in the Ravens number three running back position. If anything were to happen to, uh, JK Dobbins or Gus Edwards, but, um, one stat I wanted to, I wanted to throw out here just because I think it's pretty significant. There have been two running backs since the 1970 merger that have posted 100 or more carries and average six or more rushing yards per attempt as a rookie jk dobbins and alvin kamara so that's pretty solid company right there that jk dobbins is in and just goes to show you the type of future that he has in this league again gus edwards is going to be a guy who's been super consistent he picks up yards every time he touches the ball and i do have a gus edwards stat for you him, Gus Edwards, and Nick Chubb, they are the only players in NFL history with three straight seasons of 700 yards and five yards per carry to start their career. So him and Nick Chubb, only guys with 700 yards and five yards per carry to start their career. So uh, he's been super consistent. He's not, again, he's not going to go away uh, anytime soon. But let's move into the wide receivers here. Wide receiver is the position group among Ravens fans that is talked about every offseason. It's been their one sore spot in their draft history. But unfortunately, for many years, they just weren't taking many receivers. So, of course, you're never going to develop too many receivers if you're not even taking them to begin with. But that is one thing Eric DaCosta has shown in recent years. He's not going to be afraid to take some swings on some draft picks. So whether that's uh, Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykin, uh, James Prochet, Devin DuVernay, uh, Rashad Bateman this year. He's been taking his shots, and we're going to see what these guys have. So I'm um, really excited to see what Marquise Brown can do in year three. Uh, year one, he came in, had screws in his foot after offseason surgery, never was really super healthy. And then year two, didn't have a regular offseason with COVID and put on a lot of weight, though. Had a really good offseason, but really excited. This is really his first true season coming into the NFL 
season healthy and with the regular offseason. So if all things go right, I could see Marquise Brown going over 1,000 yards receiving. I think the additions of Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins will take some attention away from Marquise. So as he, he's missed a lot of time in training camp here in the past few weeks, but he is close to a return. I like that the Ravens have uh, taken their time with Marquise. Just get him healthy, get him ready to go for the regular season. Rashad Bateman, unfortunately, uh, is dealing with that groin surgery. We talked about that last week. He's going to be out to at least some point in September. And again, I have huge, huge high hopes for Rashad Bateman, but just let this guy get healthy. Uh, don't want to rush him back. Don't want him to uh, have a higher... Uh, chance of re-injury just let him get healthy but I think as he is healthy once he's back he brings an element to the Ravens offense that they just don't have he's a complete receiver he can play in the slot he can play outside and he's someone who can just win his one-on-one matchups he's a great route runner and I think he is the key to taking the Ravens offense to the next step uh, next, Sammy Watkins. I wanted to talk about him for a moment here. Sammy's someone who was the fourth draft pick. I think people forget about that. He was drafted so high in Buffalo, had a couple good years there, and then moved on. He's bounced around a couple different teams, but past couple years with the Chiefs, he, he, he's been solid, but he's been banged up. So um, that is one thing where hopefully the Ravens can limit his reps, limit his practice time, and keep him healthy. But so far, so good with Sammy. He's been performing really well in camp. It seems like him and the March action, uh, Jackson do have a really good connection. So I'm excited to see if Sammy can stay healthy, especially with Bateman out to start really probably the first month of the season. The Sammy's going to have an opportunity to make some plays, and he's going to get potentially a lot of targets. So I'm excited if he can stay healthy. He, again, with Rashad Bateman, will be able to take some coverage away from Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews to open things up. And then just uh, from some depth numbers here at wide receiver, James Prochet, we talked about him last week. He's had a great camp, and he's looked really good so far. He's ready to make that next jump into his second year in the NFL. So he's someone where if Sammy maybe goes down or Bateman struggles early with his injury to come back, James Prochet is someone who could have some significant playing time early on in the season. And then same with Devin DuVernay. He's a third-round pick from last year out of Texas. Had some moments, didn't get a ton of time, but when he did touch the ball, he did look pretty explosive. So I'm excited to see what Prochet and DuVernay can do with maybe some more looks early on uh, while Bateman is dealing with his injury. Um, those guys are young. Again, they've been able to have a regular offseason, work with some new position coaches. So hopefully we can have at least one of those two guys step up and make some plays early on. And then just again, from a depth perspective, Tylen Wallace was a fourth-round draft pick this year at Oklahoma State. He's been pretty quiet so far, but he will have opportunity with these injuries to step up and potentially earn some snaps early on. And then Miles Boykin, who was really a starter for the past two years in the Ravens offense. Miles has been dealing with a hamstring injury to start the season and to start training camp. He's someone who he's missing valuable reps right now. Some people were talking, talking about does this injury lead to him maybe not making the team just from a number standpoint. So it'll be interesting to see if Miles can come back uh, healthy 
this uh, preseason and make some plays when he does come back. But let's get into the tight ends. Um, not too much to go over here. Mark Andrews is back. I would consider Mark Andrews the top five tight end. He's not quite at that Travis Kelsey uh, George Kittle and even Darren Waller the past couple of years has turned into a really good tight end, but I would consider him at that second top tier tight end uh, behind those guys. He's someone who has gotten better each year in the NFL. His numbers weren't great last year, but just with the Ravens offense being uh, a little down, taking a step back, that was to be expected. But I see Mark having a nice bounce back year with Marquise, with Rashad, with Sammy taking some coverage away. I think Mark really finds a lot of holes in opposing defenses, puts up maybe another 10 touchdown season and gets close to a thousand yards receiving and really just makes his mark on the NFL. So he's had a great off season, great training camp reports on him are high. And really he's the one guy where, Lamar, he he trusts, he throws him open. Sometimes there's double and triple coverage, and Lamar will find a way to sneak him a ball in there. So um, we know who Lamar's security blanket is with Mark Andrews. And then um, Nick Boyle, number two tight end. Obviously, he's more of a blocking tight end. He did show some uh, receiving gains last year. But Nick's a guy who's coming back from injury, hasn't been able to get on the field yet. And his absence might open up a spot for Josh Oliver, who – Got a ton of snaps in the preseason opener. Had some nice plays. He's someone who came over in a trade from Jacksonville and is uh, looking pretty good so far. So with Nick Boyle's injury and with his own play, he's looking to, I would really say, play himself off of the bubble and onto the team as the Ravens' second, potentially third tight end. Uh, and then last but not least, let's get into the Ravens' offensive line. This is a position group that probably is the most important uh, in terms of the Ravens and their success in 2021. I said it earlier, but they really struggled as a group last year, losing Ronnie Stanley, not replacing Marshall Yonda. So this offseason, the Ravens did make a commitment to their offensive line. They signed Kevin Zeitler. They drafted Ben Cleveland in the third round. And then they have a lot of mid-round picks from the past few years who are vying for starting spots. So from left to right, the projected starting offensive line probably looks like Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. Left tackle, obviously, if he's healthy, but all signs are pointing to Ronnie starting week one. And then the left guard is really the only position up for grabs. I would say it's a mix of Ben Cleveland, the huge third-round rookie who came in. He's been dealing with a concussion, so he's missed valuable time, but... I would say he's probably the starter, uh, the expected starter. But again, with his injuries, it's uh, kind of up in the air right now. And then Ben Powers played a lot of guard, right guard last year, but was Zeitler at right guard. He'll swing over to left guard potentially. So you got Ben Cleveland, Ben Powers, Tyree Phillips got some time at tackle and guard last year as well. So those three, are, I would say, are the, the top three competitors for that starting left guard spot. Bradley Bozeman is likely going to be your center, played left guard all last season, past two years, and then they moved him over to center. Kevin Zeitler signed in the offseason to be your right guard. He's been dealing with an injury, but uh, did just come back to practice this week. So I think he'll be a huge part in uh, just a solid and steady presence on the offensive line. I said it earlier, but Marshall Yonda's loss last year was just so big, and the Ravens never really did anything to replace uh, his presence. So, with Zeitler assigned at right guard, it's not a sexy, it's not a huge impact free agent signing, but I think he will have a huge impact in just 
uh, solidifying the offensive line this year. And then big Alejandro Willanueva at right tackle uh, did play left tackle last year and his entire career with the Steelers. So he is switching to a new position, but I think the Ravens uh, offensive line friendly scheme will be able to help him make a smooth transition. And he's just a guy who seems like he was born to be a Raven. He's a great guy, has a great attitude. Saw him break down the huddle in the past few weeks. The Ravens posted on their social media accounts and just really want to see him succeed in Baltimore. He's a great guy. So uh, on paper, I would say the Ravens offensive line is better as a group than last year. I am a little concerned just with all these injuries and there's not a ton of depth. There's obviously you feel good about Ronnie Stanley, but the rest of the guys are solid to maybe above average. If everything goes well, they don't have a lot of big names. So really just hoping on some consistency and healthy play from the line to help take the offense to the next level. But as I said, it was a different Lamar Jackson last year behind a bad, not so good offensive line. And if these guys can keep Lamar clean, give him the confidence that he'll have a solid pocket to throw from, it'll help the Ravens offense and the whole team take the next level. So to recap, uh, the Ravens, they actually rank 30th in money spent on their offense. So because of all these rookies and uh, young players who the Ravens have drafted in the past few seasons, they are not spending much on their offense. Just something to think about. Obviously, they're invested heavily in their defense and their secondary, but it will be interesting if the Ravens do have some struggles again. Uh, A lot of people will be calling for the Ravens to invest a little bit more in money in their offense. Obviously, that will change when and if Lamar Jackson signs an extension, a ton of money will be funneled to him, but just something to note. And then just from a numbers perspective, we talked about the offensive line last year, but in 2019, Lamar Jackson, he went from being pressured just 19.9, so almost 20%, one in five of his dropbacks in 2019 to 30% last season. So a 10% increase in pressured uh he it was clear you could tell Lamar wasn't confident back there in the offensive line and his sack rate went from 5.4 percent to 7.2 percent so uh no Ronnie Stanley and no Marshall Yonda will do that for you Ronnie Stanley I think he played in six games last year but it was obvious Lamar was pressured much more last year and that showed and then just some other numbers I wanted to share here uh, Marquise Brown last year, he accounted for 45% of the wide receiver targets. That was second highest among wide receivers behind Devontae Adams. And I like Hollywood Brown, but he's not Devontae Adams. So I think adding Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, uh, Tylen Wallace, bigger roles for Devin DuVernay and James Perchet, uh, the Ravens have improved their wide receiver depth. And I hope that some of these guys can just take the pressure off, uh, off of Marquise and have those target numbers. I hope... Hollywood, he deserves the targets, but having almost 45, having almost 50%, he had 45% of the targets among wide receivers. He needs some help, and Lamar needs to spread the ball around a little bit more. And then just in terms of, again, targets, last year, Marquise Brown, he had 100 targets. Mark Andrews had 88 targets. The only Raven to receive more than 33 targets last year was Willie Sneed with 48. So, I think it was uh, against the Bengals last year. Someone came out and said, yeah, we knew where Lamar wanted to go. He wanted to throw to Hollywood. He wanted to throw to Mark Andrews, and that was it. So I think this year, 
bringing in Rashad Bateman when healthy, having James Prochet, Devin Duvernay step up uh, when uh, when Rashad's out, or having Sammy step up all season long. Hopefully those guys will take some pressure away from Marquise and DeMar- uh, Mark Andrews and will really help them, those guys, take the next level and take the offense to the next level as well. So that is overall just a preview on the Ravens offense. I'm excited. I'm pretty high on the Ravens offense. And really, it just comes down to consistency. I think health among the offensive line is super important. But hey, the sky's the limit for this group. We've seen what Lamar can do in 2019. So to wrap up this week's episode, I wanted to combine our last two segments. Uh, we're going to look at the Ravens and Panthers and their joint practice, talk about some of the events and notes that occurred over the past few days, and then I want to get into what to watch for tonight in the Ravens' second preseason game uh, versus the Panthers. So to start out, uh, just to recap joint practices, uh, one name who we continued to see performing was James Prochet. Uh, he had a really good two days of practice versus the Panthers. We've seen it all camp, and and nothing really changed when the Ravens traveled down to South Carolina and took part in these practices versus the Panthers. So uh, the Panthers defensive backs, just similar to the Ravens, really, for the most part, uh, couldn't stop Prochet from just getting open consistently, winning one-on-one matchups that we've been seeing all camp. So it would be nice to see James Prochet take that to the next level and do it in a preseason game. So that's something that we can get into what to watch for. But Mark Andrews was another name who consistently was winning his one-on-one matchups, regardless of if it was the Panthers linebacker or safety, he was matched up on him over the course of the two days of practice. Um, That's nice to see because Andrews has been a little quiet at times. Um, in camp so far versus the Ravens secondary. So I think that speaks highly to the Ravens linebackers and safeties of that. They're not letting Mark Andrews beat them consistently, but then it's just funny how we see Mark Andrews really have two strong days of practice versus the Panthers. So I think it's a good sign for the Ravens defense and also for Mark Andrews. One thing to note at the end of Thursday's practice, Mark Andrews seemed to be suffering from severe cramps, a bit of a scary situation. Um, Also have to keep in mind, Mark uh, Andrews is uh, diabetic. So um, seems like everything would um, be fine with that situation. He was able to be treated by the uh, medical staff, but just something to keep an eye on. It seems like if I had to guess, Mark Andrews will not be playing in the Ravens preseason game tonight but wish him the best. Uh, One other note I wanted to mention on the offensive side of the ball is that the offensive line is getting healthier. So we saw Ronnie Stanley participate uh, in some some workouts. Kevin Zeitler returned to practice. Alejandro Villanueva has been banged up. Uh, He practiced this week. And even uh, Ben Cleveland, the Ravens rookie, uh, potential starter at left guard returned to some individual drills after his uh, concussion issues over the past few weeks. So the Ravens offensive line, we've talked a lot about it. They are getting healthier and that's a step in the right direction. Um, and then just in day two of practice, again, Ronnie Stanley looked uh, like himself. Uh, he was participating in his most extended work since he's returned from his ankle surgery uh, in individual drills. He uh, really just stonewalled all the Panthers defensive ends and uh, just kind of had his way with their uh, defensive line. So that was great to see. Uh, Day two featured a ton of the Ravens wide receivers not practicing as they have been. Marquise Brown, Bateman, Sammy Watkins, DuVernay missed some time, and Miles Boykin as well. So a lot of absences among the wide receivers, which led to just not a ton of um, noise made by the offense, unfortunately. But 
that's gonna that's gonna happen when you only have five wide receivers or when your top five wide receivers are not out there on the field. And then just one note on the defensive side of the ball, it was an encouraging few days of practice for Odafe Away and Dalen Hayes, the rookie uh, defensive ends. Uh, they were both consistently getting pressure on the Panthers quarterbacks. So um, nice to see there. Those guys have had a strong camp, had a good preseason game, and nice to see them continue to um, take that to the next level against a different offensive line, against a different team as well. So as we get into what to look for in the preseason game tonight, uh, again, we've talked a lot about this, but I'm keeping my eyes on the offensive line. So who's starting, who's standing out? Probably can't expect to see Ronnie Stanley out there, but we should be able to see Bradley Bozeman at center. Kevin Zeitler might get some time at right guard. Then Alejandro Villanueva, I would expect, will get some time at right tackle uh, just to keep these guys, get them some reps in a game together. So many injuries have uh, have caused them to really not get a ton of reps together. So for those guys, at least on the right side of the line, to get used to each other in a game situation would be important. I'm also keeping my eye. Who's at left guard? Is it Tyree Phillips? Uh, is it Ben Powers? Like, who is starting a left guard? That spot is wide open. Um, and if someone can step up, whether it's a Ben Powers or Patrick McCarry or if Ben Cleveland does play, that would be huge to give the Ravens some confidence moving into the last few weeks here of the preseason and then into week one of the regular season. Um, one note I also wanted to mention, um, J.K. Dobbins is a guy who I think he had three carries for zero yards in week one of the preseason, and just the Ravens offensive line was obviously so banged up. But I saw some people saying, like, oh, the Ravens running game, like, what's going on? Even if they don't perform, don't put up big numbers tonight, do not worry whatsoever. It is the preseason. You have to remind yourself that the Ravens do typically, they keep it very plain. They keep it very stale in the preseason. They don't want to show too many looks or too many of their – go-to running plays that you'll be seeing from them in the regular season. So I guess it's not the most exciting thing to watch, but just keep that in mind that if they do struggle, hey, it's the preseason, and just look back at what the Ravens have done over the past two years, right? Uh, broke the single-season team rushing record in 2019 and then went over 3,000 yards again uh, last season. So the Ravens' running game will be fine, even if they're struggling in the preseason game tonight. Don't worry about it. And then the wide receivers, we just talked about how many injuries uh, they've had, but is anyone going to step up? So like we said, James Prochet, he's been balling out in uh, practice. It would be nice to see him do it in a game. So I'm hoping he might uh, have himself maybe catch a touchdown tonight or make some nice impressive catches. Uh, Devin Duvernay, third round pick from last year, uh, had a decent role in the offense last year, whenever he would touch the ball, it was typically a splash play. I would like to see some consistency from him uh, with the open opportunity with so many injuries to step up and make some plays. And then Tylen Wallace, the rookie fourth round pick, he's another one who's had a quiet camp, but with the uh, open targets and some injuries taking place in front of him, he could step up as well. So I'm hoping to see something out of James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, Tylen Wallace tonight. I'll be keeping my eyes on those guys. And then just on the defensive side of the ball, one thing that I'm looking at is just their secondary depth. Guys like Sean Wade, uh, Chris Westry, Ardarius Washington have all had really strong camps and preseasons. And the defensive side of the ball is pretty much set. I mean, you're 
your defensive line, outside linebackers, middle linebackers, guys pretty much have their rotation. There's not a ton of snaps up for grabs, but the secondary is a, is a position where in the defensive backs, safeties, they, they've gotten hurt over time. We've seen Jimmy Smith deal with injuries. We've seen Tavon Young deal with injuries. So it would just be encouraging for the Ravens if some of these uh, younger depth pieces could step up and prove themselves worthy of a roster spot. So I'm keeping my eyes on Sean Wade, Chris Westry, uh, or Darius Washington to maybe make a play and make an impact tonight. But uh, just as we wrap up here, just want to put a reminder out there. What's at stake? So the Ravens have won 18 preseason games in a row. That's just nuts. If they win tonight, it'll actually tie – uh, the 1962 Green Bay Packers for the most consecutive preseason wins, Vince Lombardi's Green Bay Packers. So uh, I'm not sure how uh, important this is or what this really says about the Ravens, but as we got into it earlier, just the Ravens winning culture, I think is so important to this franchise. So be keeping my eye on that, but guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, if you're not already, be sure to follow us at Raven Up Pod on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, and I look forward to bringing you guys another episode next week. So let's go Ravens tonight.